0: What is going on guys? What is going on 27 Squad? Welcome back in to another podcast. This is the Undrafted Analyst Podcast where we're going to talk about all the past news in this week. Wild Card Weekend is now behind us. Moving on to the Divisional Round. We have a lot to talk about, especially on this Monday. We have first the news with Deshaun Watson as that sort of spirals ahead and becomes a huge snowball at this point. Eventually, he's going to become an avalanche once the big news is announced, whether he's going to stay or go or, you know, finally request a trade or however that may go. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Doug Peterson being fired from the Philadelphia Eagles organization, and we'll take a time to just laugh at it. If you guys don't know, I am a Giants fan. And then we're gonna be talking about some storylines in Wildcard Weekend, and moving on to the divisional round. And I'll be giving my uh, opinions and predictions on Wildcard Week uh, on on the divisional round. So that being said, let us get started. I don't have an intro for this podcast, but if anyone wants to make one, you guys can. Um, if you guys want my logo, I'll give you my logo. But I need an intro for this podcast. Uh, if anybody's interested in that. So, um, let's get right into it. Um, to, by the way, tonight is the national championship game for the college football playoff, and that will be uh, Alabama against Ohio State, and I'm hearing that um, Jalen Waddle is going to be playing in this game, so um, that should be a lot of fun to watch, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that college season is going to end. But, let's start off with the news of the day, and that is the huge bombshell that Doug Peterson has been fired from the Eagles organization. Now, I knew this would kind of happen. I didn't I did not think Doug Peterson will remain there much longer. I thought it may have taken a year or more, a year or two more until doug peterson is eventually fired um in my honest opinion i thought it was for the eagles organization i thought the owner and or gm whether it be howie roseman or jeffrey lurie told him to tank that week 17 game so they could help themselves in a draft pick but i guess that was a doug peterson move and if it was doug peterson's move and he knew he would be reprimanded for and possibly fired i don't know why he would make the move it still brings up a huge question mark What happened in that Week 17 game? Because it was it just being ignorant and dumb for Doug Peterson? I mean, how did he not expect himself to kind of, you know, uh, um, get any repercussions for it? I don't know. But uh, Eagles are now looking for a new head coach. We don't know who is going to show up um, for um, Dallas, Dallas, um, for Philadelphia. I was thinking about Jason Garrett, former Dallas coach that he may, um, you know, find himself in Philadelphia, we don't know, um, but we don't know any head coaching candidates yet, they've been, you know, during Doug Peterson's tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles, they just randomly interviewed their defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, who's probably going to be taking a year off this year, so they're going to be down a head coach and a defensive coordinator, well, if they're down a head coach, they're going to be resetting the staff, but Um, So this is not good news for the Philadelphia Eagles and I'm just laughing at it. It's just crazy to me. It's just crazy to me. Honestly, this is so in the Philadelphia Eagles character that, I mean, it's a perfect story. It's a perfect story of just just destruction of a franchise, right? This is just the Eagles. This is the Philadelphia Eagles as dysfunctional as they are. You cannot get a more perfect story than this. It's not really me hating on them as a Giants fan. It's just like, this is who the Philadelphia Eagles are. We always talk about in the NFC East, we always talk about the Dallas Cowboys and their um, mediocrity. But um, we have to talk about the Eagles and their dysfunctionality, right? Uh, Philadelphia... Hired Doug Peterson in 2016, and rumors are coming out, reports are coming out that he was even um, looked to be fired. I mean, they were thinking about firing him his after his first season. I believe they went seven and nine in that season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then uh, Carson Wentz has a crazy MVP like season, gets hurt, they win the Super Bowl, and I guess you know uh, that's what really kept Doug Peterson's job and. You know, after that Super Bowl, they decided to overreact to the point of putting a statue of Nick Foles, who was not part of the Eagles organization anymore, and Doug Peterson, who is now not, not a part of the Eagles organization anymore. They decided to put a statue of them too outside the link. And after five seasons of going 46-39-1, and one, after just five seasons, the Philadelphia Eagles now plan to induct Doug Peterson into their Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. That is the Philadelphia Eagles franchise for you guys in a nutshell. So, and I get, I know he had a decent win-loss record over those five seasons, but to be inducted in the Hall of Fame for that reason, and winning that Super Bowl, there have been a couple of, I mean a, a number I mean just look at the Giants organization Eli Manning and, and Tom Coughlin. I mean, where's their statues, you know um, And of course they're like no doubt Hall of Famers for the for the New York Giants team uh, and Ring of Honor and things like that, but um, You know the, I, the Philadelphia Eagles that, that that is how low the standards are for the Philadelphia Eagles a backup quarterback getting a statue in Philadelphia, so That is the news Doug Peterson is out as head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, we don't know who the candidates are yet. Uh, we don't know who their favorites are yet. Guys are going to be interviewed. None of that. So we're still in the early early stages. But let's move on to some more trade news. And that being, oh, not trade news, just storylines. Um, Deshaun Watson, he has some trade news. He's considering, now I don't know if this is a fact that he's considering the Dolphins. I don't know how much of a fact that is. But, Apparently, he wants out of there. He has not yet to request a trade, but this has been made known by ESPN's Chris Mortensen. He's been known to be pretty accurate. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I'm looking at an article from Pro Football Talk here, NBCSports.com, saying reports that quarterback Deshaun Watson's unhappiness with the Texans came across the radar this week and has been led to speculation about whether Watson will push for a trade away From Houston, that speculation is unlikely to end after a report from Chris Mortensen of ESPN on Sunday. Mortensen echoed other reports that Watson is upset uh, that the team did not interview Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric uh, Bieniemy for their head coaching vacancy. Now, I would be upset about this too. I thought uh, Eric Bieniemy is by far the best head coaching candidate there is right now, and if you did, no matter who they pick. Um, as you know, if they're not as accomplished as Eric B is, I don't know. I mean, this guy's might be a two time Super bowl winning, um, offensive coordinator and, and, and in charge of one of the best offenses in the, uh, in the NFL. Of course, Andy Reed is a big part of that, but this guy has been with Andy Reed since 2000 and, and like 12. All right. So this guy is legitimately a disciple of Andy Reed. So this guy's, um, completely Andy Reid um you know mindset so wherever he goes you could expect Andy Reid to, to, to go, a, a bit of Andy Reed to go with him so um you know so apparently I don't know out of every single team you could possibly think of Deshaun Watson wants to go to the Dolphins now we don't know that for sure but at, in, in all the rumors all the speculation that we're seeing Deshaun Watson wants to go to the Dolphins um that's weird uh, I don't know what for whatever reason mainstream media, you know how they're doing their mock drafts. I've seen a one mock draft by PFF, you know having the Dolphins drafting a quarterback. What is this? I mean, what well, what's the hate for Tua Tagovailoa right now? I don't I don't understand. This man threw for ju- nearly 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five interceptions over the course of nine starts. I mean, how is that in any way, shape, or form a bad rookie campaign this guy hasn't shown no signs of him being a bust at any point you know the only way people can think he may be a bust is that the Dolphins don't completely have trust in him because they they took him out of uh, two or three games this season in the fourth quarter allowing Ryan Fitzpatrick to finish up the game and eventually win those games I believe um I know he won that that big game against uh I forgot who that what that game was uh was it Oakland I believe it was against Oakland and week 17, if I'm not mistaken, and um, Miami wound up winning that game, and Oakland wound up choking Oakland, Las Vegas, they wound up choking that game, but to Tagafailoa, I, you know, to get on his case for a second, I don't understand why the Dolphins would even decide to do that. Now, it is Deshaun Watson. As long as they have the cap space, uh, cap space for Deshaun Watson, I would probably go along with it. This guy's already... Uh, the Miami is already in the win now business. They're done rebuilding, which is crazy because they started rebuilding last year, but... It looks like they're done rebuilding. They have what they need to, to start winning. They went 10-6 and six this season. Uh, I would go ahead and do it if I'm uh, Miami. But if I'm Houston, I would look for a better trade partner than that, than to, than to start developing another quarterback after you already successfully developed one quarterback into Sean Watson. Why would you go back and restart that with a worse team? I don't I don't understand that. For the Houston Texans, it makes no sense. As a rebuilding process, you would have to wait another four years or maybe three or four years for your team to be on, on competitive again. We don't know how much Tua is going to develop into, but if you're the Miami Dolphins, you take it. I don't know what their cap space is looking like right now. I probably should have went ahead and looked at that. But, um, you know, you're looking at a Miami Dolphins team that have two of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the NFL right now, um, and, and they got a decent amount of weapons, um, and they have a decent amount of draft picks as well. I believe they had the 18th overall pick, which is what they had last year as well. And they also have the third overall pick, which is what they had from Houston. Now, here's what Houston would get in return for Deshaun Watson. They would get the, they would get their third overall pick back plus Deshaun Watson, uh, I mean, plus, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. So, at the same time, that doesn't make any sense either. So, why are you... I don't know. They would probably get Penny Sewell with that pick, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But but Houston is in a, a train wreck right now. Because, of course, you don't want a superstar quarterback playing for you that does not want to play for you. And, of course, you, can't, you don't have the weapons to give this guy. So, um, you know, I don't know what... If you, ha- if you already have a future franchise quarterback, what is the means of having that third overall pick? I mean, you wouldn't go ahead and draft another quarterback, would you? And what, would you, you know, go draft Penny Sewell after you got Laramie Tunsil? I don't understand, okay? It doesn't make any sense to me. I guess you could get Penny Sewell, try to put him on the right side, right? I don't understand that. But Deshaun Watson apparently wants out of... Houston and wants to go to Miami now like I said we don't know how accurate this is because the guy hasn't even asked for a trade yet But he is unhappy with Houston and he can definitely definitely the ball is in his court if he decides to get a trade There is nothing absolutely nothing that the Houston Texans can say to keep this guy in Houston Now I know he has a trade clause, but how many times have we seen trade clause trade clauses be like um, you know, restructured or what have you. How many times have we seen a contract be restructured for a player to get out of a certain situation or for a team to get out of a certain situation? You know, we've seen it all the time. We're about to see where Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles because there's no trade clause for him and the cap hit is insane for him. So, um, and dead cap hit is insane for him. So, I mean, we're about to see the same thing with Carson Wentz. So, as far as that goes, I I don't know uh, the situation there, but that would be a huge, huge bombshell if we see Deshaun Watson out of Houston, because that is the literal hope and dream of Houston right now is hanging on Deshaun Watson. It's no longer JJ Watt. He's getting past his prime. He's still a great player, but he's not the star anymore. That's Deshaun Watson's team now. And, you know, JJ obviously acknowledges that saying that Deshaun Watson, um, you know, they wasted Deshaun Watson's uh, year. So, Uh, That being said, that's very interesting. You guys can leave your thoughts in the comment section below on that one. Or if you guys are listening audibly, you guys can hit me up on Twitter at KidBlueRB27. Hit me up on Instagram at KidBlueOfficial on Instagram. If you guys haven't heard me on YouTube, make sure you catch me um, on YouTube, KidBlueRB27. So uh, let's get on to some playoff. super wildcard playoff Storylines right now. I just want to pick through a couple of games. We're not going to talk about every single game, but I want to pick through a couple of games. The first one I want to talk about is the Saturday night game with the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. Now, I this was surprisingly a really, really good game, very enjoyable to watch. I was, of course, rooting for Washington to win that game. Um, I wanted to see some more NFC East representation. I don't hate Washington in any sort. Of way I only hate them when we play them, but I really don't have any hate for Washington fans with a Washington organization. I, in, in fairness, I root for them um, to, to actually be competitive because I want to see the Giants and Washington football team be competitive with each other and them be the top dogs in a division. So I kind of root for their success as much as I root for the Giants' success. Um, so that being said, um, I liked what I saw from Washington tonight. Now, they, the defense didn't really get to Tom Brady as much as they wanted to. You know, Chase Young, I want Tom Brady. I want Tom Brady. They didn't get to Tom Brady. Um, but they were competitive, and they kept that game pretty close throughout the end. T- Taylor Heineke is the guy I really want to focus on. This guy, isn't. I don't think is a franchise quarterback for... For Washington, now he posted by PFF, he posted the highest grade a Washington quarterback has ever posted up in any sort of game since uh, Jason Campbell in 2007, believe it or not. So um, that that's even more than 2012 RG3 in any game. 2012 RG3 has played or 2013 RG3. You know, so um, yeah, t- 2013 RG3 got hurt a lot. So, uh, but that being said. Um, you know that, that that's that's a that's a really good stat, right? That's a really good stat to have when you're in conversation with those guys, uh, and Kirk Cousins when his time there as well. Um, so you know, for Taylor Heineke, definitely give yourself a pat on the back. Um, this guy had some franchise quarterback vibes about him back in with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I remember. Uh, you know, I, I, I watched a YouTuber back in the day, he was a huge Vikings fan, and he would talk about Taylor Heineke a lot, so uh, that, that's kind of how I know of him, and obviously after Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, I believe that was where Taylor Heineke was starting to make some noise, back in Minnesota. It feels like a long time ago that uh, Teddy Bridgewater was back in Minnesota. But, Taylor Heineke posted up a really good game, threw for over 300 yards, didn't even wind up finishing the game, he could have had more than that. Um, and had two uh, two touchdowns, one in the air, one on the ground. Had an amazing, uh, just amazing effort from Taylor Heineke. This guy is no way the, their franchise quarterback, I don't believe yet. I think he still has some more developing to do. But, um, you know, I could definitely see him being a bridge quarterback for the Washington football team. If they want to go out this year and draft a quarterback, um, they can so, most certainly do so. You know, they have, I, I don't know, they have the 20-something pick In uh in the draft or maybe 19th I don't know if they're the worst team out of that I don't know how the playoff uh how the playoff seating is gonna work for the draft this year, um but you know that being said I definitely see uh Taylor Heineke being a bridge quarterback for the Washington Football Team like I said if they want to draft a quarterback in this year's draft or bring in a free agent I don't think Alex Smith is gonna is gonna be there next season I if I'm not mistaken his his contract is up um but even if it's not I think you seriously consider retiring he's hurting his leg again this guy almost lost his leg probably not a good idea to keep playing on it and fighting fire with fire there um it probably should be a good idea to hang it up and not ruin his career even more or possibly ruin his physical body anymore um and obviously Dwayne Haskins is out what did they? Kyle Allen? You know, is Kyle Allen going to be the guy? I definitely see a quarterback competition with them too. If if Kyle Allen sticks around, he has injury problems as well. Uh, so Taylor Heineke he seems like the guy moving in, moving forward for Washington. Now I don't think he's going to be the guy for long. But if they go ahead and get a guy like Kyle Trask or something like that, right? Mac Jones even. If Mac Jones winds up in Washington, we'll see how he plays tonight. Uh, versus Ohio State but that'll be very interesting to see as well now I don't want Washington to get a really good quarterback kind of want to stick I want them to have those average quarterbacks Um, but you know that'll be very interesting to see if Washington gets themselves a Mac Jones or Kyle Trask develops him him, and uh, Taylor Heineke you know takes the reins until those uh, that quarterback is fully developed so uh, you know great job by by Washington great effort um, I honestly think the Giants had a chance to win that game if they were to make the playoffs you know freaking Philadelphia screwed us up there but I really think the Giants could have had a shot um if they were to play in that game It would be a home game um, you know a rematch of that of that game I believe that was week 10 or 12 or something like that that we played against um that uh, Monday Night football that we played against Tampa Bay where we just a two point conversion away from, uh, from tying that game and going into overtime. So, um, you know, that being said, let's move on to um, the Steelers and Browns game that happened tonight, which it was arguably the best game we've seen in Wild Card Weekend. I mean, that we streamed that game uh, on The Hub's channel. Make sure you guys check him out um, on YouTube, uh, The Hub, and not The Hub you're thinking about. So uh, we, we had a fantastic time streaming that game. AFC North matchup and something we saw in week 17 where Cleveland barely squeaked out the win and the Steelers benched their starters But when it comes to playoff football mind you, this is a Cleveland Browns team. I didn't have their head coach there They had to make a whole arrangement of their coaches and fill in spots there um, It was like a domino effect of spots there You know, I believe it was the offensive line coach or the offensive coordinator that became the head coach And then the offensive line coach became the offensive coordinator or something like that um, You know, it, it was a huge just Shift of of, uh, of of personnel there, or was it the defensive coordinator that played uh, head coach? Something like that, right? I, I don't remember, but uh, they had a huge assortment and, and rearrangement of their of their coaches, and they still wound up beating that team, beating the Steelers, the Steelers, uh, the the Steelers team that at at home, which they were at home, at home had a seventeen game win streak against the Cleveland Browns at home and the Browns put a number almost a 50 burger on Pittsburgh. Um so it, that, that that's that's that was a fantastic game to watch. We've seen the Steelers crumble. The Steelers crumbled down to down to the ground and they remain now and they proved my point of the video I made two years ago that the Steelers are the biggest frauds in the NFL does that mean they're a terrible team absolutely not but they're a team that's gonna let you down always when it comes to the end of the season like the Los Angeles Clippers are Um. so and, and that brings me to another point. point first off let me give you a little backstory of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers for me I grew up in East Um, Pennsylvania a lot of my life was spent in East Pennsylvania so a lot of Philly fans there right so of course I had my hate for Philly Um, I had my 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 hate for Philly back then Um, so that being said um, but at the same time there were a lot of Pittsburgh fans and of course Pittsburgh was the team Um, you know, in the NFL and have been the team for the course of my lifetime, really, the Pittsburgh Steelers have always been very, very good. But one thing the Steelers will not fail to do is letting you down at the end of the season. Especially during the regular season, they'll lose to teams with backup quarterbacks. They'll lose to, to to garbage teams, teams they shouldn't lose to. They have had their history with like the Miami Dolphins in the past, I believe, where they couldn't, they weren't able to beat them. Um, you know, they would lose to the, like the Arizona Cardinals when they had their quarterback carousel over there. They would lose to Mike Glennon and the Buccaneers when they were a terrible team. I mean, they, they lose, they lost to a lot of bad teams in the past. Okay. They have lost a lot of bad teams, a team they shouldn't lose against. They're constantly like a 11-5, and 12-4, 13-3 type team, but they always fall short uh, to those kind of teams. And then in the playoffs, they'll just let you down. Think about how good this Pittsburgh Steelers were and, and how good the New England Patriots were. In the regular season, these two teams are, I guess Pittsburgh is a little step down from New England in, in the regular season, but they've always been really, really good. Uh, but but the difference is the Patriots have Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl wins to, to show for it. The Steelers have two. Uh, granted, they won those two, but they only have two appearances. All right. So um, it, during the cor- course of that, they, they have just been the biggest frauds in the NFL, just like the Los Angeles Clippers. And you have to ask the question, is Mike Tomlin now on the hot seat? Okay. Is Mike Tomlin now on the hot seat? You look at Doc Rivers. a little NBA comparison, look at Doc Rivers with the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a guy that coached up a really good Clippers team for a couple of years, have always made it to the playoffs, like Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis in the AFC North, so Pittsburgh fans would know about him, Uh, but just a lot of comparisons there. You know, you have um, Doc Rivers, who was eventually fired. He was a good coach, and coached a really good team, just was never able to get over the hump. You have to start asking the question, is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat? You know, they put themselves in really bad, bad positions in past, in this last game. I don't know if it was analytics or they started really making that two-point conversion thing a thing, right? Their, their two-point conversion tries, they do it all the time. And they start to do it like in the middle of that game for whatever reason, down a bunch of points. Probably not the best time to do that unless you get closer to them in points. But uh, I think this team was like down like 28 to 16, and they went they went for two. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, just, just take your points. But you know, those type of decisions are really questionable from Mike Tomlin. They, they did it twice in that game and didn't convert, but then they converted the last one they did when the game was all, already over. And then you have that fourth and one call where, again, it was in your own territory, but you're down, a cu- I, I think about two or three scores at that point. The game is still in reach. You go for it there. You don't punt it away. That really showed his lack of confidence he had in the the Eagles converting one yard, one yard for a team that has beaten the Cleveland Browns 17 consecutive times at home that you don't have confidence to go get one yard and try to fight to to, to win this game because they were making a little bit of a comeback in this game. But you have to ask yourself, is Mike Tomlin on on the hot seat? Because things like this happen to the Pittsburgh Steelers all of the time and any Pittsburgh Steelers fans that want to come at me for this I'm trying to feel for you guys in this moment all right I know everybody wants to say that there's nothing wrong oh, my camera's going out of focus I don't, I know a lot of people like to say there's nothing wrong with Mike Mike Tomlin he can do no wrong he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer coach okay you can say all those things but at some point in time you got to say enough is enough right you look at Tom Coughlin his time With the uh, New York Giants, I think we all knew that at at some point it was time to let go of Tom Coughlin, and that was after uh, that was after the 2015 season. So, um, you know, Mike Thomas should definitely be on the hot seat—not this year, but definitely should have a a microscope under him, uh, over him. Uh, and, and monitor what he does, and try to dissect what's really the problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and why can't they get over the hump and make a championship run? This is a team that allowed a loss, allowed the Jacksonville Jaguars to make it to the division, uh, to to the conference championships, the AFC conference championships. They allowed the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars to get there. Now Jacksonville barely squeaked out a win in that wild card game against Buffalo, where Buffalo was was. Still a fringe team, and so it's understandable why they lost that game. I I believe that was with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. That was the first time they made the playoffs since 1999, all right? But then the big bad Pittsburgh Steelers with Antonio Brown, I believe this is also with Juju Smith-Schuster, correct me if I'm wrong, Um, and and you have Le'Veon Bell there. You got all these pieces over there, and you still found a way to lose to Jacksonville. All right, and this team was 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 nothing. That team was garbage. You know, they wound up in twenty eighteen. I believe they had uh, a, a top pick. So, um, that being said, I mean, it's just that <laughs> that is what the Pittsburgh Steelers are. So, um, you know, I feel for the Steelers fans. I do, but it is kind of funny just watching them be a constant fraud, and and the Steelers fans not seeing what the problem is, and the problem may be your head coach. Uh, moving on, let's start talking about. Um, these future games we'll 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 get into our our predictions of every single game in a second but let's talk about this game against uh with the buccaneers versus the saints another divisional game this time a nfc south matchup um it, i i i live in the tampa area so i have tampa friends so both of those games that week 1 game and that week 9 game i went to uh, my friend's house, he was having a little get-together. He's a huge Bucks fan, so he hates the Saints. So both of those times, I went to his house to watch the game. And both of those times, everyone left extremely depressed. Okay, it's sad to say it, but those were two of the worst games the Buccaneers have had this season, and they were against the Saints. And what do you know? They have to overcome the Saints here in a divisional round of the playoffs to try to make a Super Bowl run. Can Tom Brady and the Buccaneers finally beat the Saints this year. Okay, because the week one game, I know the score was 34 to 23. You may have thought that was competitive, but dear God, it was not competitive at all. That was a that was an immediate loss. Everyone knew that game was going to be a loss in the first quarter, just the way everything was playing out. Tom Brady couldn't move down the field. He couldn't get on track with Mike Evans. They were having a huge chemistry issues. Um, you know, he threw a pick six to, to Janaris Jenkins. Uh, I, just a lot went wrong for uh the Buccaneers in that week one game and you thought that they all fixed they got it together and they fixed it because by week nine they were still they were a really good team top team in the NFC and everybody's like oh man Tom Brady in the second time man let's see if he can get it done and this is at home no they were they lost even worse in this game in week nine they lost 38 to 3 in that game okay so uh that was a lot worse and now they have to face this team in the divisional playoffs, and I don't—it's not a good look, man. It is not a good look. Now Devin White is coming off of COVID. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he even played in the last game, but I know it, uh, he said on Twitter that he's back. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Ronald Jones. I know he got hurt, but just the way the Buccaneers played against the Washington Football Team, it's not giving us any good signs that that things are going to be different the third time around against the New Orleans Saints. I mean, in, in all, just looking at it. Taylor Heineke is pretty much a, their fourth quarterback starting for the Washington football team. And he threw for 300 yards. And the guy almost came out with a win. If he would have stood healthy throughout that game and, and, and you know, he stood completely confident and healthy, he would have probably won that game. Who knows? It kind of got away from their hands towards the end of the game. Um, but the, the Buccaneers didn't really have a good game. That was supposed to be their pick-me-up game, right? That was supposed to be a quick little practice game before before they get to um, the real deal, and that being the New Orleans Saints. So, uh, I, I'm not very confident in the Saints moving forward. I, I mean, in the Buccaneers moving forward in this game. I, I think the Saints are going to pull this one out. Uh, the Buccaneers, they have a lot to go through, man. They allowed uh, thirty, at least 34 or more points in both their matchups. And uh, the combined scores of both of these teams in both of their matchups this year, um, Buccaneers have scored 26 total points and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have scored a total of, I believe that is 70, 70, 72 total points. So 34 plus 38 is 72, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm just going by the math here uh, while the camera is rolling. So 72 to 26. So they've got a lot to overcome here in this third matchup. It's going to be really interesting to see. I know a couple of people have the, uh, have the Buccaneers Pulling off this game, uh, I know Drew Brees isn't where he is isn't where he should be. He's father time starting to hit this guy as well. So uh, we'll see how the Saints, you know, um, react to that. But Michael Thomas is back, and that has made a big difference. Uh, Alvin Kamara is, is is Alvin Kamara, of course, and Taysom Hill shows up. I mean, he he has a foot injury. We don't know how what his status is for this game, but um, should be interesting. So let's go over. Let us go over the wildcard matchup. I mean, the wild card. I keep saying that. The divisional round playoff Saturday 4:35 on Fox. We've got the Rams at the Packers. Now, the Packers, you know, of course they're number 1 seed. They had two weeks of rest. It's like a bye week, right? How many times this season have we seen bye week teams stumble, all right? And 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 sometimes even lose the game by a bad margin, all right? We've seen that a couple of times in this season. Um so and I believe that the, the when we beat the Seahawks, that was uh, they were coming off the bye or something like that. But um, we have the Los Angeles Rams who are coming off a really weird win all, uh, off of the Seahawks, a thirty to twenty game that was so boring to watch. But against um, the Packers here, who had a a, a weak bye. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey. It's going to be fun to watch. Jalen Ramsey versus DK Metcalf was fun to watch. Devontae Adams is better than DK Metcalf. So that's going to be extremely fun to watch. We'll see if Jalen Ramsey winds up following with him. But I'm really anxious to see... Aaron Rodgers, man. It's his MVP season. Uh, I'm rooting for him this season. I want to see him get close to a ring. If not, actually get a ring. He's having an MVP-type season and deserves it this year, man. He, he's playing out of his mind this year. Uh, and especially how he didn't have Devontae Adams and still was putting up numbers. Now he has Devontae Adams. Now Devontae Adams is averaging like three touchdowns a game, for crying out loud. Uh, I think he led receivers and touchdowns this year. And he didn't even play the, certain, like, the 16 games needed. Uh, I think he only played like 10. So... Um, huge, huge ups to, uh, Devontae Adams, but, um, I, I don't know how I really see this game go. I think the Packers are going to win. I think the Rams are going home, um, this weekend. So I, I'm going to have the Packers winning. I'll say about, I'll say like a 30, I'll say like a 31 to 23 game for the Packers. Uh, let's move on to NBC 8 15 PM Saturday night. We have the Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills. I'm really anxious to see this game. I've been on, everybody knows me for being a Lamar Jackson hater. I love him as an athlete. I don't like him as a quarterback. Um, I think a lot A lot of that was shown and proven in the last game. You know, you put the ball in Lamar's hands and you make him throw. He's not going to do anything for you. I know he had a really good throw at the end of the first quarter, but other than that, that interception was, what was that? And, um, you know, none of his balls wound up being spirals. And it, I don't know, he's just an extremely inconsistent passer. And I don't want him, I, I don't necessarily and, and waiting for him to be exposed. I'm just like, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to make, make everyone see what I'm seeing. Okay, he's a good player, good football player, but this guy is not a great quarterback. But I don't think um, the Buffalo Bills will have anything to say about that. The Buffalo Bills have not been a good defense uh, this year. So, I mean, they've been very, very inconsistent. So, and they haven't been getting able to get to the quarterback this year. Um, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, their defensive line and their front seven is a little overrated, in my opinion. I think Jerry Hughes is way past his prime. Um, so, um, I don't know how I imagine. I want the Buffalo Bills to win this game, I think they can win uh josh allen stefan diggs their their running game is a little suspect but they, they, they find a way to get things done man gabriel davis was huge for them in that in that indie game i want to say the bills win this game but man it really seemed like the ravens can pull this one off just just how they came back against the titans and the titans are obviously a better team than the buffalo bills in my honest opinion so uh, and they definitely have a better defense i'm gonna say the ravens win this game I don't want the Ravens to win this game. I want the Bills to win. But I, I'm going to say the Ravens win this game. I'll say 23-20. to 20. Ravens win 23-20. to 20. January uh, 17th, Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock. We got the Browns at the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are gonna roll this team. I know that the Browns had a really good game against the Steelers, but the Chiefs are, are on a mission this year. They have been for a long time. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the list goes on and on of the of the factors for the the Chiefs team. And this defense has gotten a lot better over the course of the season. So I, I'm gonna say the Chiefs roll this team like a, I'll say like a thirty-eight twenty-seven type win. And uh, I think I think the Chiefs will start off early and hot like the Browns did against the Steelers. Um, and Sunday night the last game of the divisional round is the game we just finished talking about is the Buccaneers at the Saints This, like I said man I know the Buccaneers are, are looking good this season but man they haven't looked good against the Saints in, the, in both of those games like I said 72-26 to 26, uh, was the combined scores of both of these teams in those combined games I don't see the Buccaneers changing anything here, this is the playoffs They got. I know Tom Brady has the experience Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. That may be a factor similar. I don't know that that may be a factor, but I I have the saints winning this game. I don't think it's going to be by a lot either. They struggled to beat the, the, the Chicago, Chicago bears. That game was a snooze fest for like three and a half quarters. So, uh, I'm going to say the saints win just narrowly, like a 17 to 13 type game, 17 to 14, 17, 13, something like that. I'll say the saints win this game. I think it's going to be a lot less a lot less uh, high scoring than we've seen uh, in the past two matchups for this uh, these two teams. So that being said, guys, that is the uh, po- podcast wrap-up. I think this is episode three or four. This is episode four. So that being said, guys, if you guys are listening on Spotify, hit me up on Twitter. If you guys are listening on YouTube, hit me up in the comment sections and hit me on Twitter. So that being said, guys, let me know your thoughts in the comment section below, and I'll see you guys in the next podcast.